Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. So good to see everybody this morning. Um, I want to say just a couple of things before I get into the message because I, th- I think I've got more than enough time but uh and the song when they kept uh, when they were just singing about uh, come Holy Spirit dry bones awaken uh, I couldn't think of but help about what happened a couple of days ago which everybody knows about uh, with Roe v Wade being overturned in the Supreme Court um, and there's a I know Heather and Stephen were talking about it, and they were both saying that they never thought they would see it in their lifetime, that it would happen, and many of you probably feel the the same way, and so uh, we just need to continue to pray that things will be overturned in the state, and we need to be patient with people that don't agree with that. If you're here today and you don't agree with that, that's okay too. I'm not going to be mad at, any, mad at anyone, but um, I'll just... Well, I'll, I'll just read this to you. I got this. Uh, I just put out a simple little post saying about it being overturned. And I got this message a few hours later. And uh, he put, the, this person sent me this. He says, thank you. Uh, and I know that I know this person uh, not really well, but I've known him for a few years. I didn't know this about him, though. Uh, he said, uh, Thank you for speaking up and praying with all other believers. I lost my second child to an abortion. I begged the mother not to do it, and it's actually my daughter's mom. So he's got one child already. This was their second child. I said, I had no rights as a father, and now the mother regrets it every day and has depression and anxiety from what she did. I just told him I was sorry that from what he had, uh, what he had gone through. Both of them had gone through, and he told me, uh, thank you, but he said, unfortunately, a lot of my family and friends are posting evil stuff today, and it's like they've forgotten and don't even care what I went through and that I lost a child because of because of this thing. And you've all been on Facebook just like me, and depending on whatever, whichever way, you've seen hateful posts on both sides, mostly from the side who is upset at the, being overturned, but... Um, if you, despite how you feel about it, I just want to just kind of pose this this thought to you on it, because um, everybody's going to give all the statistics for the one percent of cases and where it should be okay for this or it should be okay for that. Uh, but uh, um, Michelle went to the lady service uh, this year at camp meeting and was telling me about it, and actually the speaker, her mom had tried to get an abortion. And uh, she, I think, was 15 years old and uh, got pregnant. Is that, am I telling that right, the mom? And uh, her uh, parents had money to uh, try and take care of the problem. And uh, the 
so they took her to the doctor and told the doctor, said, I, we need you to find a reason to abort this baby. And so the doctor did the examination and came back and told him that, uh, listen, if you would have brought her two weeks ago, I could have given you several reasons and we could have taken care of this. But because it's so late, well, there's nothing I can do. And so they ended up, she had the, uh, the baby and uh, they put the baby up for adoption. And uh, this lady's telling her testimony. And so I just want you to think about it. I don't have any facts. I don't have any numbers, proof. But I think it has a lot to do similar to like all the, the COVID deaths. You know, they get in a car wreck, but they died from COVID. It's a lot of similar things. They throw out all these stats about saving women's lives. The baby was fine. The mama was fine. You know, everything was fine. But two weeks earlier, he could have given several reasons to abort that baby. Uh, I don't believe any of their numbers. You can believe them if you want, but even the ones, I think it's even less than what they tell us that it is that uh, where the mother was really in danger. I know it happens. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying you can't believe everything that somebody tells you, even when they got a number to, to, to back it up. Uh, he could have given several reasons two weeks earlier why that baby needed to die, but all those reasons disappeared in two weeks. Uh, so anyways, that's just my, uh, my personal thought on it. I'm celebrating that it's been overturned. I'm praying for it to happen in North Carolina and everywhere else as well. And, uh, but we are called to speak the truth in love. Not just the truth, but it has to be in love. You can't just get on Facebook and beat somebody over the head and tell them how horrible they are. And listen, I've had several of them that I wanted to do it too. I'm not saying anything's wrong with wanting to tell them off, but we can't do it. Uh, with some of, the, some of the stuff that's posted out there, it makes, it, uh, makes no sense. Um, it, the, the state and a lot of the people that are posting these things, are, they're Christian people. And so uh, you're wondering what they're, what they would, what, what's going on with the way that they're, they're thinking on some of this stuff. Um, but uh, it reminds me, I don't know why the Lord speaks to me in stories, but he does. And I've had this story on my mind all week, and I didn't know why. And uh, I think it's for this. So if it makes sense, I'm right. If it doesn't, I'm, I was wrong. But uh, years ago, I went to this house. And uh, I'm knocking on the door. I did exterminating for 20 years. So I've got all kind of weird bug stories under my belt. But I'm knocking on this door, and this, you could tell it was an old man by the, the way he sounded. He starts just yelling for me to come. I've never been there before. He's just screaming, come in, come in, come in. And I don't like to just walk in people's houses, so I keep knocking. He keeps screaming. I walk in the house and find out uh, is, he's blind. And he's in there trying to take care of himself, and uh, he can't see anything, and uh, the house has ro a roach problem. So I'm automatically wanting to help this guy, and I'm wanting to try and you know, figure out what's going on. And uh, he, he, he's telling me, I think there's something over here. I don't even know there's a problem until I feel him crawl on my, on my hands. So I'm looking around. He's got a dog. It's a sweet dog. The poor dog's looking at me for help because he's got the weirdest stuff in that dog bowl. I don't, I don't know if the guy didn't. It, it was weird. The weirdest food you would ever feed a dog. He had it in there. Like, I guess he just tossed whatever he thought was food. And uh, so I'm there, and I tell him, I said, well, don't worry about it. I'll look around. Is it okay if I go throughout your house? And he says, yes. And so I go looking all through the house, and uh, 
All of a sudden, this lady comes walking in the kitchen from outside. And she, start, she says, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm at the wrong house. And I said, uh, this isn't my house, I'm here working. And she keeps saying sorry. And then he yells at her. It's his wife. She has Alzheimer's and doesn't know where she's at. And so uh, she, someone finally comes in behind her. They had taken her to the store, and she comes in, and she says, uh, and, and, and she keeps telling me sorry. I said, ma'am, this is your house. You're more than welcome to be at your house. I'm the stranger here. You're okay. You go in there, and he's, and so now it's getting time for me to leave. And uh, he says, uh, hey, go into my bedroom and slide the, the, the drawer over on the side of my bed frame and get the money you need, however much it is. I go in there and open it, and it's just full of cash. And uh, I said, sir, I'm not really comfortable doing this. Uh, you, shouldn't, you probably shouldn't uh, do anything like this with, with people. And he says, no, just take the money and get, get an extra 20 to get your lunch. And uh, I said, sir, I'm not, I don't want to take your money. You know, I'm, feeling, I'm thinking they need it more than I do with all that they got going on here. And then uh, he gets really loud with me and tells me that, uh, I said, sir, I'm not going to take your money. He says, well, what good's it going to do me? I haven't peed in three days. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be living here. And so now I understood why he was a little irritable. He hadn't peed in three days. And I told him, I said, sir, I don't think that's a good place to be in. And uh, he's just fussing. He, say, he says, what's today's date? I said, I told him whatever day it was. And he said, oh, it's my wife's birthday. He says, hey, did you hear that, honey? It's your birthday. She said, it's your birthday. He said, no, it's your birthday. She says, happy birthday. Runs through the house, jumps on a piano, and just starts tearing up. We wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> she's playing it with everything she's got. Gets to the last note and screams at the top of her lungs, happy birthday. And I'm thinking, this is the craziest house I've ever been in. They were just as sweet as they could be. And so I said, well, sir, you know, I'll come back. I had to go back to their house a couple times. And one time she looks at me and she says, you know, you're kind of good looking. I think I'll go home with you. I said, I think you should stay here with your husband. And uh, she, he was like, leave that guy alone. And he just kept on and on. And uh, as I would go back, the one time the police officers had brought her. She had started wandering the neighborhood, and he couldn't find her. He, could, he was totally blind, completely blind. He had all these things going on, and just a sweet guy, but he didn't have any help. And that's one of the reasons that we've been called to speak the truth in love and not just fuss at people. Because there are a lot of people out there that they're spiritually blind. They're good people. They don't, they just, but all they can go on, because they're spiritually blind, the only thing they can go on is their feelings. He had a house full of bugs and didn't know it until one crawled on him. He couldn't see all the stuff that he was living in around him that was bad, that anybody that would have gone there would have said, you shouldn't be living like this. You should be, you shouldn't have this. You shouldn't have that. He couldn't see it until it made him feel it. He had to feel it on his body. And there are a lot of Christians that they're in that state. I'm not questioning their Christianity. I'm not questioning how much they love God. But they're spiritually blind because they're not being led by the Spirit. And so when you see things like this and you see posts that are people are putting out there, don't just attack them. They need our help and they need our, they need our love. Then you have a lot of them out there, and there's churches full of them because uh, 
You know, they're involved in all kind of crazy stuff that churches should never be involved in. If you go to their pay, Facebook pages and see what they, what they support and what they stand for, they've forgotten who they are. They don't, know their, they don't know their birthday from Christmas. They don't have any clue of anything that what, what the Spirit's leading them to, and they, they've lost their identity. And they need some of us to not be quite as ill as that husband was that day yelling at her, but to let them know, no, that's not who you are. No, that's not what today is. No, that's not what we, we stand for. That's not the way that it, that, it, that it should be. And it's difficult. He was, you know, I can look at how ill he was with her, but hey, he was blind and had been there all this time and uh, basically didn't want anyone to know because his family lived in Virginia, I believe it was, and there was no, there was no help for him to get and he knew they'd be separated. There's a lot of people that they just, a lot, when it comes down to it, they're afraid of something that might be taken from them. They're afraid of what someone might say. They're afraid of what others might think. If they found out how they really believed, if they found out how afraid they really were of things that are going on in this world. And so I, I don't know why that story just kept coming to my mind, but I, maybe just to lighten the mood a little bit, but... but uh, Keep speaking the truth. Just make sure you do it in love. Make sure you don't just start a fight and you don't just try to get the last word, but that you make sure that even if there's a disagreement, the person knows that you love love and care for them. So that's my first sermon. So the, the second one for today, uh, I'm going to be reading from Ephesians 6, verse 18. It says... Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Father, I just thank you for your day, uh, for, the, for your grace. I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, for the decision that came out a couple days ago. Lord, I thank you that you can continue to change men's hearts and men's minds, God. I thank you that you still reign, that you're in control. And God, I just ask you to bless this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk to you today on the thought of uh, it hurts so good. So completely changing gears here to something different. But um, I'm going to talk about prayer today and kind of talk about those things that, uh, that are kind of that, that we're just comfortable with and we're so comfortable we don't want to change even if we know it would be better if we did. And uh, this, the, this idea came to me through a story, believe it or not. But uh, when Heather and I first got married, um, Heather has to make the bed. Uh, I'm kind of okay either way. If it means me making the bed, I'm okay if it doesn't get made. But she likes to have the bed made, and so I make it for her when she doesn't get to. But when we first got married, we were, uh, she would tuck the sheets in really tight. I've used this illustration before, but she would just, she had to have everything perfect, and I liked it because I get cold real easy, and so I liked the sheets being tucked in tight. It reminded me of when I was a little kid, you know, and you could go to sleep, and then, you know, the, it looked like you were never even in the bed, and because uh, mom would have the sheets so tight around me, and I, and I, so it was, I was fine with it. Well, not long after uh, we got married, which she accused me of breaking down on her, I started having feet problems. And I have, insert, I have inserts in my shoes right now, but I've got uh, heel spurs and plantar fasciitis that I have to deal with. And um, so as time goes on, you know, she's given me the, you know, the, all this hard time about being an old man because my feet are hurting. And a few years go by, 
And we're, sit, we're laying in the bed talking one night, and I've got my legs crossed. And I happen to look down, and my foot is like, it is like bent like, like this. And I know that from what the doctors have told me, that when you go to bed at night is the worst for your feet because your tendons get all tight. Then when you get up in the morning and you get out of the bed, it feels like you're stepping on knives. And it hurts really bad. If you've never had any feet issues, then I'm so thankful for you, uh, glad for you for that. So I said, hey, my, look at my foot. I wonder, wonder if this bed is what's hurting my feet so bad. So I uncrossed my legs and I noticed my toes are like this. I mean, she tucked these sheets tight. And uh, so I told her, I said, I think this bed is making my feet hurt worse. She says, you're crazy. It doesn't have a thing to do with it. I said, well, whether it does or not, I'm going to test this thing out. I got out and I snatched all the sheets out so everything's laying loose. And uh, a few days later, I noticed that my feet weren't hurting nowhere near as bad in the morning. They always, they always got better as the day went on. And so, uh, so we went for, I will let her tuck the sheets in now. But we went for years where I, had, I made her, they had to be untucked all the way. If we're out of town, hotel, it doesn't matter. Uh, now I'll let her tuck them in, but we got longer sheets, so they're not, I'm not, you know, wrapped in there. It's like a cocoon. But uh, so here's the thing about it. They were hurting my feet, but I liked it. it. It hurt so good. I enjoyed being in that tight bed, but when I got up the next day, I paid for it. And so when, even though I'm going to be talking about prayer here, but I want you to know that I didn't throw the bed out. I didn't start sleeping on the floor. I didn't throw Heather out. <laughs> I just made some small changes. I'm not preaching against prayer. I'm not saying anything negative about prayer. I'm just saying sometimes we have small changes we need to make, but the problem is it hurts so good, we just don't want to change what we've got going on. And so the scripture that I read, it says, praying always with all prayer and all supplication. And uh, another version says, uh, pray in the Spirit always with all kinds of prayers and supplication. So this tells us that there are different types of prayers and that there are different ways of praying depending on what the need is, depending on what's, what's going on. And uh, the best way I know to describe it is like sports. I like to play uh, volleyball and basketball. played a lot of beach volleyball, all these different things. And uh, they're all sports. They're all athletics. But if I show up at the basketball court and start trying to set the ball from the three-point line, I'm probably not going to have a very good shooting percentage playing by volleyball rules. And if I show up at the volleyball court and I tried to dribble the ball and dunk it on somebody over the net, it's not going to be very effective. They're both sports, they're both athletics, but there's different rules. Well, it's the same way with prayer. And so we have to ask ourselves, we have to be honest, are, are we praying effectively and expecting and experiencing results in our lives? Or are we just praying because that's what we've always been told we're supposed to do? Are we even giving any thought to how we pray or what we're praying? Uh, are we just praying the same old thing every time with everything that comes to our mind? Is it the same old prayer? See, are we praying from a heart of faith? Or are we just praying because if we don't, we think God might get upset with us? And again, I want to be clear. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is amazing. It's one of the greatest privileges we have as Christians. And prayer works. But there are different kinds of prayers. Now, this same verse in the NIV says, uh, Ephesians 6, 18, NIV says, And pray in the Spirit 
on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, the problem is that we sometimes make the mistake of taking all these different uh, kinds and types of prayers, and then we just lump them all together. And we usually do it because it hurts so good. It's just so, it's what we're used to. It's what we're comfortable with. And then we don't understand why we don't see the desired results that we were after when we went to prayer. So, for example, it's just one that has been used for years and years and years, but when people pray a prayer and they always end their prayer at some point in it saying, if it be thy will. They, they think that they have to say this because Jesus uh, prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane that way. That's what, that's what they'll say. And he did pray that way in the garden, but that's not how he always prayed. He didn't always pray that way. And when he, when he prayed at the tomb of Lazarus, he didn't say, God, if it be your will, let Lazarus come forth. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, that you always hear me. And then he just commanded Lazarus to come forth. And he did. See, we're talking about different types or different, different rules of prayer, different kinds of prayer. The prayer for Lazarus was a prayer to change circumstances. When you pray to get something like healing or breakthrough, deliverance, or to, to just to change a circumstance, never put an if in that prayer. We don't need to. If you do, you're, you're, you're probably using the wrong rule. Well, you are using the wrong rule, and you're, you're probably not going to get what you want to get. I'm not going to say it will never work because God is so awesome that He overlooks sometimes our, uh, our ignorance or our, however you want to phrase that. But at most times, it's not going to work. See, the only kind of prayer that Jesus included an if in was a prayer of uh, consecration and dedication. See, in the Garden of Gethsemane, He said, Father, if it's Your will, take this cup from me, but never, nevertheless, not my will, but Yours be done. He was saying, I know this is what I'm, so, uh, I'm supposed to do. I don't know that I, I really want to do this, but I want to do your will, not my will. Whatever it is, I'm giving myself to you. I'm going to do it. He wasn't praying to change the circumstance. He wasn't praying to change something. He was praying a prayer, prayer of dedication, that he was going to do God's will. See, we put an if in our prayers because we want to be ready to do what the Lord wants us to do. But we don't need to do that. We don't need to put an if in there when we're praying about getting or receiving something that God has already told us is ours through His Word and already promised us. We already know that it's, it's His will for our needs to be met. We already know that it's His will that we're healed. We know that it's His will. He says that deliverance is the children's bread. We know that it's His will for us to prosper and be in good health as our souls prosper. And so we need to be serious about the way that we pray about things. And we need to take prayer very seriously and then someone will say well this is but this is the way that i always pray i've always prayed this way this is the way mom prayed and grandma prayed and all that okay well what kind of results have you been getting if you've been getting the results you know better results than anyone else to keep doing what you're doing and tell me what you're doing <laughs> i want to know too but see i don't want to just pray i want to get results i need results and results are not just miracles, but I do want to get something out of the conversation. If I'm having a conversation with, with Heather, I want to get something out of it. I don't want after we've talked to feel like, well, that was worthless. You know, when I'm having a conversation with anyone, I don't want to have that. I want to get uh, results. And when you hear about a truth from the Word of God, 
and you hear about a better way of doing something, even if you've been doing it a different way for 30, 40, 50 years, whatever, and your response is, well, but I've always done it this way. I'm comfortable doing it this way. What you're actually saying is, I know, but it just hurts so good. I like this. I like that pain. I know what I'm doing is not good for me, or, the, or it could maybe even be hindering me and causing me difficulty, but I'm, I'm used to it, and I, and I like it. This is the way I've always been taught. This is the way I've always done it. That's just crazy. Like I said, as soon as I realized that those covers may be hurting my feet, I changed it immediately, and I never went back. I left it that way. See, we talk a lot about wanting to see more, wanting to experience more in the church and in our lives, but yet we don't want to change anything. Change is so difficult for us, I, and I'm talking to me too. I don't like changing things. But I want to challenge all of us today to think about these things. And you might say, well, I pray every day about this issue or that issue. Well, maybe we need to spend less time making petition and more time praising God in our prayers. It could be that simple little change that begins to change the, the results that we're getting in our, in our prayer time. See, are we praying because we believe that prayer works, or are we praying just because we're worried? What's the real motivation that has us going before the throne and, and speaking with the Father? In Acts 16, verse 25, it says that at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God. So real quickly, they moved from petition to praise because they had faith in prayer. They moved from petition to praise because they had faith in the one that they were praying to. They were not praying because they were worried about the situation, and neither should we. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. How are we praying today in our time with the Lord? What are we praying? Why are we praying? What's our motivation? See, what's the reason? What's the desired result that you have? And I want to propose that Praying in faith will always lead to praise at some point in that prayer. If you never get to praise, you didn't pray long enough. And I'm not a long prayer myself. I don't pray long, long periods of time. But at any time, if you're, if you're going to spend time in prayer and it never goes to praise, you didn't ever really pray. You probably just did a lot of complaining. And it's probably not going to get you the desired result that you went to prayer for in the first place. So I want us to take a look at how Paul prayed. And this is in Philippians 1, verse 9, and I'm uh, reading the New Living Translation. It says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Man, what an awesome prayer. And Paul's praying this for believers here. And so, so many times when we're praying for other Christians in, in our prayers, and I do this all the time too, I'm not, I'm not excluding myself from any of these comments but we'll say something like, God, I just pray you bless mom. God bless dad. God bless this one. God bless that one. Have you ever prayed that prayer over and over? God bless this person. God bless that person. Well, Paul, at least that I can read, never prayed that way. And to be honest, that type of prayer is probably not very effective. Probably the only thing it's really effective at is making your conscience feel better that you can say you prayed for that person that day. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for people to be blessed. Keep praying that prayer. I'd rather you pray that than not pray. You can pray God to bless me all you want. But 
a lot of times what I try to do just to change that, to, to make sure that I'm thinking and that I'm, that I'm engaged in what I'm saying is I'll just say, God, I bless what you're doing in this person's life. God, I bless what you're doing in that person's life. And uh, the truth is that God's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings through Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us. Ephesians 1 verse 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So that means all of the blessings that we will ever need, God has already provided for us. They're already there. See, if believers just knew this and understood this, then we would be walking in those blessings and we'd be reigning in life. That's why Paul didn't just pray God bless them. He prayed that we would be filled with knowledge, wisdom, and spiritual understanding. Not mental understanding, not physical understanding, but spiritual understanding. He prayed that way in Ephesians and he prayed that way in Colossians 1 verse 9. He said, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's a great way to pray for each other, isn't it? And when you think about wisdom, I was uh, reading earlier this week, and uh, I think it's Acts 6 where they're, gonna, where they're upset about the widows not being fed, and so they're going to choose seven men to take care of feeding the widows so the disciples can, uh, uh, can go to prayer and study in the Word. And I was reading that earlier this week, and what jumped out at me is it said, choose seven men full of the Spirit and wisdom. Did you know you can be Spirit-filled and still not have any wisdom activated in your life? They didn't just want people that were Spirit-filled. They, they, they moved beyond that, that, uh, that old uh, Pentecostal thing they always said, you know, I need seven Spirit-filled people up here right now. They didn't want just spirit-filled. They want them spirit-filled and full of wisdom. We need wisdom in our lives if we're going to access everything that God has for us, that we will be filled with spirit and wisdom. What another great thing to pray for someone. See, if we're all filled with the knowledge of His will, then we're going to know what all these blessings are that He's blessed us with. Hosea 4 verse 6 says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We all know the verse. Not a lack of blessing. America right now, all of our problems are definitely not from a lack of blessing. It's a lack of knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding of all that God has done for us. It's not a lack of blessing, it's a lack of knowledge. Now, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've done it once or twice. But have you ever hidden money in your wallet from yourself? I've heard about... I've heard some old timers tell me something about, you know, $100 they hid $100 they hid in their wallet 30 years ago and they keep this hidden $100. So I just tried to do it one time. And uh, it's not a very good thing to do when you don't have a lot of money. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. It was really hard for me to hide that $100. I didn't really have much more than $100, but I hid it. And I actually forgot about it. And then, you know, I was looking through my wallet and I found it one day and I was so mad because I'd needed it like five different times over the past few months and I'd forgotten it was in there. I'd, hid, I'd hidden it from myself successfully. Um, I claimed I was hiding it from Heather, but I ended up hiding it from myself. 
So the problem with it is I had what I needed all along with all those issues where $100 would have covered it, which won't even cover a tank of gas right now, but I had it. I had a knowledge of it, but I had forgotten about it. That's where wisdom and understanding comes in. There's a lot of people when you start telling them about the promises of God or you start talking to them about the things of God, oh, yeah, I know that, I know that. Well, they're not living like that because obviously they've forgotten or they don't have the wisdom and the understanding that's needed. We need to know what God has done for us, and we need to know what's available to us. And see, then after you know, after you realize that $100 that you hidden away, you find it, after you have that knowledge, you have to have the wisdom and understanding of what, what to do with it. I read a story of a beggar in the late 70s, early 80s. He, he died in the early 80s, so we'll say he died in 1983. And... When they went to take care of the body, they found a, a, I don't know if it was a backpack or what he had on him, but he had $28,000 in cash on him. Uh, I didn't do this. Somebody, if you, pull out, you, you kids, you get permission, pull out your phone right quick. What would $28,000 in 1983 be worth today? See if you can find that for me right fast, Lily. $28,000 in 1983, what would that be in today's time? So here he is, they find $28,000 on his person, and yet he was eating out of garbage cans. He had all this money. I know you could buy a house for $28,000 back in 1983, I believe. I think it was under, I think they were around, I think they were around 18 to 20. It's what? $82,000. $82,000 is what he had on him if we if were to find him today. Uh, unrelated story, I was at a, a, let's see, it's been about three or four months ago at Dick's, and somebody was out there holding up a sign where you could, uh, they were begging and you could give it to their cash app. You didn't even have to give them cash. They're getting that sophisticated these days. But this guy had the equivalent of $82,000 on him, so $28,000, and he's eating out of garbage cans and he's living on, living on the streets. There's a lot of people that are eating the garbage of this world that should be feasting on the things of the kingdom, but we're not. They're, they're Christians. They love God. They know what the Bible says. Many of them can quote it to you, but they don't have the wisdom and understanding to apply it to their lives. It's not enough to have the knowledge. We must be willing to put that knowledge to use. I would hate to even have to look at my own life and see how many times I was that guy walking around with a fortune in my back pocket and then living like that. We're probably all guilty of it. We've, we've all done it. And so that's why Paul didn't stop at knowledge in his prayer, but he said wisdom and spiritual understanding. There's too many of us walking around with untold riches available to us, but yet we continue to do things like this beggar. They refuse to believe what the Word of God says about them. They refuse to stand on the Word of God. Many of them have the knowledge, but they refuse to act on it. Say, so I don't care what you've been told. If you've accepted Christ, you are amazing. You're a son and you're a daughter. You're powerful. Your words are powerful. Your prayers are powerful. Your prayers are effective. It doesn't matter what anybody else has said. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to tell you. And if that's not how you're thinking and that's not how you're believing, then your believing is wrong. Because God wants you to prosper. He wants you to reign in life. He wants you to be successful. Jesus would not have given us authority if He did not want us to use it. 
That's why he gave it to us. So we need to take prayer in our lives very seriously. And we need to pray like Paul prayed. We need to pray for the knowledge of his will and for the wisdom and the spiritual understanding to act upon it. That's a great prayer to pray for believers and pray for ourselves. Another prayer, 2 Thessalonians in chapter 1, verse 11. Therefore we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever prayed that prayer for someone? I'm not sure if I have either, if I'm being honest. But we'll keep praying, Lord, bless them. And we'll say, you know what, if I said this, if I, if I did these two verses of Scripture and prayed them over everyone in my family, that would just be silly to keep repeating those two verses over and over and over again. That's because most of us, because it hurts so good, we're used to saying one silly word over and over again. But if we said two sentences of silly words, that'd just be ridiculous, wouldn't it? It's the same thing. It's just a small change. It's just changing something that may be more effective. See, sometimes we just get used to things and we don't realize that there are other ways that may be more effective. It's the same way when it comes to praying for the lost. We pray, Lord, save them. Lord, save my son, save my daughter, my mom, my dad, my, my cousin, whoever. Save this one. Lord, save that one. Lord, save them. Lord, save them. Is that really the most effective way to pray for the lost? Jesus said in Luke 10, verse 2, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. See, maybe instead of just praying that God would save them, we should be praying that, that the right labor would come along, that would give them the word that they need to hear, and they would reveal Christ to them, reveal the Father to them, they would accept Jesus and be saved. So we spend a lot of time praying, asking God to do things that we should be doing. And we're all guilty of that too. We are the ones that are to go out and make disciples of nations. We're the ones to go out and be witnesses. We're the ones to spread the gospel. And we need to be praying for people to have God encounters. Yes, but we also need to be praying that we would be a God encounter for someone. That we would be the one to say the right thing or do the right uh, good work or act for that person that reveals the Father. Romans 10 verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Every person in here, you're a preacher. You might not ever put together a sermon or get behind a pulpit, but you're a preacher to those that God puts in front of you. What sermon are you preaching with the life that you're living, with the way that you're praying? Dad and I were in uh, Moravian Falls, um, I don't know, five, six years ago, and uh, we had gone to a conference there. And... Uh, we were eating at this restaurant, and not our waitress, but another waitress was talking to someone at the table that knew her from the area, and uh, her house had just burned down. And she's telling them that they lost everything. They'd even lost a few pets. That's how tragic the fire was. They had saved some, but some they couldn't get to, and it was just this horrible thing. And so uh, she had gone off, and Dad said, did you, did you hear what? That lady just said, and I said, yeah. And, uh, she, you know, this has been a good opportunity for us to do one of those Lord bless them prayers. And uh, I think we did because I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm just saying making some changes. 
And so uh, dad said, uh, he looks in his wallet and he has $100. I don't know if he had hidden it from himself or if he had it. I didn't have any cash. And he said, uh, I'm gonna, I think I need to give that lady this $100. I know it's not much, but I think I need to give it to her because I think that God gave me a word to give her. And so I said, okay, well, uh, I'll, go, uh, I'll go pay the bill and I'll find that girl and send her over here. And so uh, I get up to go pay the bill and I, and I meet her and I say, hey, that gentleman over there, and if you know my dad, you know, with that big smile on his face, never. <laughs> I said, he's kind of scary looking, but he's over there. Go, he wants to talk to you. And so she goes to see my dad. And when I come back, she's just crying. And so uh, I was asking dad, I said, well, what happened? He said, well, I just, I told her that, I'd heard her about her house and asked her was, you know, how everything was, and she told me, yeah, they'd lost everything. And I told her that the Lord had spoken to me and told me to give her this and that I felt like he wanted me to tell her that he sees where you're at and that he's not forgotten you and everything's going to be okay. And he said, then I just gave her the money, and she just started crying. And uh, she, she went on. See, Dad didn't preach her a sermon. He didn't read a Bible verse. He didn't, even, he didn't even pray have prayer with her. We prayed for her, but he didn't even have prayer with her. But it was probably the most powerful preacher that that woman had ever come in contact with in her life on that day. See, it was a powerful message because it revealed the love of the Father. Now, we could have prayed for her. We could have prayed, Lord, bless her. And we could have, you know, and we did pray that, and we prayed about everything else for her, but we... But if, if that's all he would have done, then he would have missed the opportunity to be a blessing to her instead of just praying a blessing for her. So he would have missed his chance to show the love of the Father and be the preacher that God's called him to be. And that's what he's called all of us to be, to, show, to give that truth in love. In 1 Corinthians 1, 21, it says, For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. You never know what that kind word you give might do to someone's life. You don't know what change it can make. And so it's, t it's time for us to stop randomly praying generic prayers and start realizing the power that we've been given. The responsibility that we've been given to pray and to touch heaven for all those that are around us. We've been entrusted with this, and we need to take it seriously. I'm going to close with you with giving you one more story. Uh, well, not a real story, but just an analogy for you. Because this is the way I've spent a lot of my time in prayer as a Christian, and maybe you've done the same thing, but I want it to be the last time we do it for all of us. But I want you just to imagine going to a grocery store, and uh, we'll say food line because that's the one closest to my house. And I'm going to go to Food Line because I need to get some groceries. And I've got my grocery list. I've got my MVP card. I've got, I've got my debit card with money in the bank to pay for the groceries. Everything's taken care of. I go get the buggy. And I just start, you know, this is one of those days where, you know, I just need a little bit of everything. So I'm going to start from the time I go, and I'm going up and down every aisle. I'm in there about... 30, 45 minutes, and I haven't put anything in the buggy. I just put the buggy up and leave. 
I come back the next day and do it again. And the next day and do it again. And the next day. And pretty soon the people at the store have recognized me and they think I'm crazy. And they say, uh, sir, can you need any help? What are you doing? I said, oh, I'm grocery shopping. I do it every day. At least 30 minutes a day I'm going to grocery shop every day. And they said, but you don't have any groceries in your buggy. Oh, no, I'm grocery shopping. This is the way I've always done it. I do it every day. But you're not, you never go to the checkout line. You never actually leave with anything. But I'm grocery shopping. I'm at the grocery store going up and down the aisles with my buggy. Pretty soon they're probably going to call the law on me and think, you know, think something serious. But that's how many of us have done it for years. We go up and down the aisles every single day. And we never put anything in the buggy. We got our list of what we need. We've got our MVP access and we got money in the bank to cover it but we don't put anything in the buggy. Now you turn that around and you could take any 10, 11 year old kid, bring them to the store, give them $20 and say, hey, I want you to go to aisle six, the bread aisle. And on the bread aisle, usually there's peanut butter too. Get a loaf of bread and some peanut butter. In about five to 10 minutes, they're coming back outside with peanut butter in one hand, bread in the other, and they put your change in their pocket and you're not going to get any of it back. They didn't spend 30 minutes. They didn't spend all day. They didn't even get a buggy. They just went and got what they needed. They believed what you told them, and they went and they got it done. See, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm not against spending a lot of time in prayer either. Please don't, don't take that from this. I'm just saying we need to be effective. It, it, you know, have you ever like poured a bowl of cereal and then realized you didn't have any milk? Have you ever... Have you ever decided to go get milk right then? Did you go down every single aisle? No, you went straight to the refrigerated section and got your milk and went out and you get, you're in and out. See, there's different prayers for different occasions, for different needs of whatever's going on in our life. God has made a way. It's not one way to do anything, it's, but it depends on what we're going through. The main thing is that we trust God and we do what he's told us to do and we, then we get results. Why would we keep on doing something just because it hurts so good? Just because we want to look a certain way or, you know, get someone's approval? So I just want to challenge everyone today to just go after God. To just start, quit going up and down the aisles and start putting something in the buggy because you're his kid just like anybody else. You have just as much right, you have just as much money in your account as any other person does when you get to that checkout line because he says it's all on him. Okay. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you again to be in your presence today, Lord. Lord, we pray for every need that's been requested today, God. We just declare healing. Lord, we just declare peace. We declare recovery and restoration. Lord, we pray for Judy. Lord, we pray for Frankie, God. We pray that uh, healing. Lord, everything that they're going in for tests, they would all get a good report. Lord, we pray for Jimmy and Lillian, God. Lord, and we pray for Sam. Lord, we pray for all pain to be gone, Lord. Lord, uh, all trauma from past accidents and car wrecks. Lord, all that stuff to just be gone. Lord, we just, we just pray for a brand new body. And Lord, we just declare it in Jesus' name. I pray that every person in here, God, that we would grow in knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding, Lord. 
God, that we would just become, our, our prayer lives would be just become so exciting, Lord, that it would, just be, it would just be like a brand new experience for all of us, God, that we would go after you with all that we are, Lord. And God, that we won't be stuck in the way things have always been, that we'll be open to being led by the Spirit, God, and that we'll be people full of the Spirit and wisdom in everything that we do. Help us to love our neighbors the way that we should, God. Help us to, to be the hands and feet of Christ, God. And, and help us to be those laborers to go out into the harvest, God, and, to, and to, to reveal the Father to every person we come in contact with. And God, we give you the honor and the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.